I'm Brian Brister, a worship leader, certified health coach, and fashion photographer. Welcome to the Brian Brister Experience Podcast. I'll be sharing with you from a myriad of topics that I gather from suggestions I receive on my social media accounts or in conversation with friends. I'll also interview cool people doing cool things in the world, probably while drinking coffee, definitely while drinking water. Thanks for joining Today wraps up a three-part series of interviews with my friend, Carol Keene, and it has been incredible. I hope that you guys have enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't listened to part one and part two, I highly encourage you to do that. You can listen to part three and still get a lot from it because I believe that these episodes do stand alone. However, they build upon each other so beautifully that I think that if you listen to part one and part two, before listening to part three, it's going to be a much more cohesive understanding and better experience for you. So if you haven't done that, go check those out. If you've already listened to the part one and part two, welcome. You know that we wrapped up last week's episode talking about mental health issues and what that has looked like and how Carol has worked through those things in his life with those diagnoses and trying to figure out natural ways to combat those. And I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation and hope that you got something from that. Today, we pick up talking about health and addictions and what that has looked like for both of us. And then also, we're going to end the conversation wrapping it all back up with a bit more of the creativity talk that we had in part one. So thank you guys so much for joining. Let's dive right in. Are you still carnivore? I am still carnivore. Okay. Talk a little bit about that because I, you were actually the first person that I ever met who was carnivore and then very interestingly learned that your girlfriend at the time, now wife, had also already knew about that and had done that. And so, yeah. That's how we knew it was meant to be. Yeah. So carnivore came about, it's a bit of what you mentioned earlier of just being willing to take on a new challenge, but it's also, I've noticed that the more, the more I'm willing to experiment with my diet and my lifestyle, the higher my baseline, like if, if depression is down here and kind of like a near delusion state is up here and that's kind of like what bipolar is, then the better I am about my diet and my lifestyle, like the, the, the more in this middle portion I am, my baseline gets higher, my, my ceiling gets lower. And so I just kind of always have this question of, what if I can try this? And then my baseline is, is better. And I found that it was, and it's very extreme, but I'm a very extreme person. I think part of it was also, I'm like mixing in. There's a lot of, a lot of reasons that I went carnivore. I also struggle. I'm just like addicted to things in general. And food is like my favorite dude. I, I could never drink another drop of alcohol again. Like all these things I was addicted to. Like if I never smoked another cigarette again, eh, fine. No more nicotine, eh, fine. But like, if I could just eat potato chips and French fries and cheeseburgers for the rest of my life, like I would kill myself. Like if I didn't have the pride, honestly, I think what kept me from being obese is pride only. Mm. Like there's, no, I'm no better. That's a weird word to use. I'm no better than these people who get obese. My only thing was I was so prideful that I could never allow myself to, but I still had the same problems. I just like kept it in check because I was so ragingly prideful 
you know, that I wanted to manipulate my, my appearance. So like, I think it's interesting to, that there's people like me who you'd never guess, like you've got this issue because you've never seen, I, I, you know, the high, the most I ever weighed was 250. I'm 6'2", you know, 250 and I was muscular. So, but yet my entire life I've struggled with emotional eating, uh, being addicted to foods. I can't stop. I literally can't stop. I'm hungry all the time. And so carnivore was this interesting way to like kind of take a bit of the, the dopamine rush out of food and make it more of a, I want to see what it's like to eat to live for a while. Mm. Like I'm eating in order to sustain myself. What if, what if I could find a, a healthier way to get that rush than eating a, you know, a family bag of Skittles. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so it's really worked. It's, 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 it's been great for that. It's, it's kind of calms my cravings down. And the, the more strict, I guess, I, is the word you would say that I am, the less that I have these wild food fantasies and cravings and all this stuff. And it just like simplifies my life a lot. And here's another one of these like extreme things that I do that nobody else has to do. It's just like, yeah, a lot of people can eat like a cookie after dinner. I will eat a cookie and then secretly note like where they put the cookies and then go eat like 10 more because I eat one cookie. And then I like literally in my brain, it's just a picture of a cookie. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what's going on. If you're talking to me, I'm just seeing a picture of the cookie. Mm -hmm. And the best I can do is just like tuck it back into, into the back and be like, I'll think about you later. Like I'll get a cookie later. It doesn't go away. And I, yeah. So that's been the biggest surprise, actually. I didn't really anticipate that as much, having some growth in that. But yeah, like I know, like I eat beef for, for lunch, dinner. Like I don't have to have these decisions of like, should I eat this? Should I not? It's just like, I know what I need to eat. And I think your program is strangely similar in that you know what you're going to eat. And that's really helpful. Yeah, I I'm the same way as you in that, which is very interesting because it's not something that I've talked a lot about with people. Not that I was hiding it. It just isn't something that I've shared a ton, but yeah, I, I have a friend, his name is Drew and I can think back to like hundreds of times that we've had dinner and he'd be like, I just need something like, do you have an Andy's mint? And he would have like that little bitty Andy's mint after dinner. And he was like, okay, I'm all good now. And I'm like, what the, who's good? You're like, who the F are you? Like, yeah. are you a human? I've never understood that because like you said, and even now after I have gone on this huge health journey and completely transformed my life in so many ways, if I'm at a dinner where something that I know is going to be a trigger for me is offered, whether or not I eat it, I recognize where they put it just in case <laughs> later wow. I make a decision when no one's around and then I can make that choice. Right. Man, that hoof, that's a whole other can of worms. Goodness. My, my college girlfriend, I was eating Cheez-Its in front of her and she was like, oh, I love Cheez-Its. And I was like, you want one? She's like, no. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I, I can't describe to you just how bewildered I was. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, that's funny that you don't want one. It was like, what the F is wrong with you? Like, you just told me that you love these. You didn't just eat. I'm handing you something you love and you're not eating it. Like, I realized in that moment how different I was than not everybody, but a lot of people in, in that moment. I'm just like, wow. 
if someone's eating something that I like around me and they offer to me, like I'm going to take one and then maybe buy a bag of them later because I just want my appetite. You know, thankfully I'm describing like five or six years ago, me that's kind of gotten the stuff under control, but it's, it's still around, you know? Yeah. It's definitely still something I think about. I, I was in a conversation with a client of mine yesterday and he made the comment that I will have not thought about this thing in weeks. But if I see a billboard or it's in a delivery app or someone says the word, then it's all I think about until I go get it. And I was like, I relate to that. I understand what that is like because that is me with so many things. <laughs> the other day, what was it? Oh my gosh, it was something so specific. Oh, the Little Debbie Cosmic Brownies. Okay. I don't remember the last time I even saw a little Debbie cosmic brownie. And I heard in a passing conversation, someone said that they ate a little Debbie cosmic brownie. I thought about that brownie for like three days. Like, it's just so crazy. I don't want that thing. I, I no, mm -mm. under no circumstances do I want to eat one, but I thought about it for three days because I heard someone say it. And that's so wild. I, I was recently a guest on a friend's podcast and we are very different in that regard because she has zero emotional ties to food whatsoever. She said, I uh, literally just eat to live. Like you give me food, tell me that it's nutritious for my body. I'm going to eat a little bit of it. And then I'm going to go on with my day. I don't really care how it's prepared. I don't really care how much money you spend on it. I don't really care what it tastes like. I was like, I don't, I don't understand imagine. any of the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. Can't imagine. No. But in that same regard, we then began to talk about things that she does struggle with. And, and those aren't things that I struggle with. So yeah, it's very interesting. And it's also interesting with the idea of food being an addiction. And I mean, you and I have talked before, we both have very addictive personalities to a lot of things that we could be addicted to if we gave ourselves the opportunity. But like you, if I don't ever have a drink of alcohol, if I don't ever smoke a cigarette, like those are fine. And also I don't need those things to live. I can't give up eating. Like I have to <laughs> <Right>. eat. <laughs> it's the worst addiction, dude. It's so unfair. Like why? <laughs> yeah. So that is, that is definitely still something that I worked through. And I think that, so with my program, a huge part of like with all of the programs that we offer, there is some food you purchase from the company and some food that you're responsible for on your own. And the food that you purchase from the company, there are over 50 different types, but once you have them, you have them. So yeah. you just eat whichever of those you want and they're nutritionally interchangeable. So it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. You're not having to think about it. And so that is super helpful in the idea that I'm not overthinking everything because a huge right. part of my day is thought out for me. And I think that's the beauty of, as you were saying with carnivore, is that you don't have to introduce all of these things into your day. You're like, no, this is what I eat at this time. And then I move on with another thing. And I think that was huge for me because I spent so much time obsessing about the next meal, the next thing, where was it coming yeah. from? What was it going to taste like? Who cooked it? And mm -hmm. it became this thing of, now, well, I mean, not even now, but for a while there, I had to set timers because I eat every two to three hours. And so when the timer would go off, that would be when I ate. I don't eat again until the timer goes off. So I'm going to go live my life until a timer goes off. Well, now 
okay, I eat at seven, 10, one, four, seven, 10. Like that's my life. And so, yeah, I think that, and I'm not saying that everyone who struggles with this needs to either join my program or go carnivore, but I think that having a structure and knowing what that looks like is a huge help, but then also stripping away a lot of the extra may be beneficial, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. To figure Decision out what that fatigue. looks like. I also think it's like make going full circle to like the creativity conversation. Like I think I had to stop being creative with food for a while mm. or like imaginative, you know, maybe, maybe it's a mix of those two words, but like, like you were saying, thinking about your next meal, like I would sit there and just like create my next meal. I remember during a particularly bad period, I'd skip breakfast, skip lunch. And then on my way home from work, I'd smoke a joint and go straight to the grocery store. And I would probably be creating that meal that I was going to eat all day, just fantasizing. Yeah. And then I'd get all the stuff. I'd make it all. I'd devour it, feel crappy, sleep terribly, wake up and then do the same thing. So like I had to take away some of that creativity for a short time, but then it was given back to me when I was paleo. I just, I remember when I decided I'm going to stop cheating because for a while I'd be like, I was gluten-free and I'd have gluten like once a week on Saturdays or something. And then I was paleo, but I'd still cheat like once a week. And once I made the decision to stop cheating, my creativity exploded because it's like, okay, if I'm going to tell myself like legitimately, I'm never going to eat another, you know, scoop of like normal ice cream again. Well, I'm going to do something about that. I'm a very creative person and I like to cook. So I'm going to make ice cream. That's good for me. I'm going to figure out how to do it. And so once I cut out the like cheap part of it, I started to create recipes and create food that, that rivaled the foods that I was cutting out. And so I created this on my own ecosystem of foods that I could eat that made me feel great and, and, you know, didn't cause these addictive spirals somehow. And so it kind of came back to me once I, once I was strict for a while. And once I knew my parameters, like I know what my parameters are, it's paleo. I can, I eat these certain things. Okay. Now I have all these ingredients. How do I mix them all in many, many ways? How do I make French fries? How do I make bread? How do I? And so it got really fun. I love that. I, I am not a person who loves to cook. I cook a lot because it's number one, it's easier. It's cheaper. I am in more control of everything that goes on my body. If I'm the one who made it, but I, I don't get the same rush out of it or the same enjoyment that a lot of people do. However, I was the person that was like, I want to figure out a way to continue to be healthy. And for me, once I made it through the weight loss phase, and was just living a life of optimization and just making healthy choices, I still wanted pasta. But one, pasta makes me feel really gross, like very tired, super bloated. And it just doesn't give me any benefit that I'm looking for. And now food is not so much, will this make me gain weight or not? I mean, obviously that's a thought process that happens sometimes, but it is more so, will this make me feel gross or not? Like, I just don't want to feel gross anymore. And so in the process of my weight loss, I learned about spaghetti squash, which I'd never had before. And I fell in love with. And then in having spaghetti squash, I've learned that I actually prefer it over regular pasta now, which is so wild to admit. And there are people listening to this who are like, 
what are you saying? It's, They're like, hell but, no. <laughs> but it is I, really good though. It's yeah, it's so super good. good. And it it mimics pasta in a great way. And it allows me to still feel great after eating it. I know that I'm still putting healthy things in my body. And so I think that's a huge thing. And you, you mentioned French fries. I loved French fries so much. Like I, I literally don't know if there was a day that passed that I didn't eat French fries at least once. And usually more than that, my bio on Instagram for about five years said, please send fries. <laughs> I just loved French fries. And then I went on program and it was like, no potatoes. Okay. Well then I don't get to eat French fries anymore and didn't eat French fries for over a year. And then I learned about from another friend of mine, jicama fries. And so using the jicama root and then air frying it with seasonings. And I mean, it's not exact, but it is super close to the fact that like I can eat those and not feel like I'm missing out on French fries anymore. So I, yeah. I love those little things that I am obviously learning from other people because I'm not figuring it out myself. <laughs> yeah. But I think like the key to that is like, if you allowed yourself a cheat, like once a month or once a week, even of eating French fries, you wouldn't want to be eating those hickam fries. Like, I think the dedication is what kind of resets your taste buds and your expectations, honestly. And then you, your mind can accept those mm. even better. And so I'm just a big believer in committing to whatever you're doing and don't cheat because it'll live there. For me, it lives there in my head. If I know I'm cheating Saturday night, this is like eight years ago, but I, I won't cook as creatively throughout the week. I'm like, I, whatever, I'll just eat something. So I'm not hungry because Saturday night, that's when I'm going to like, you know, get down. But when there's, when it's not there, it's like, oh, I got to make every meal as enjoyable as I can. And I'm going to. My, my philosophy, I was just thinking about when you're talking about pasta, because I love spaghetti squash. I even love zoodles, zucchini noodles. But my philosophy when cooking something healthy is I try to pinpoint what it is that I'm not eating. So for pasta, it's the pasta. Mm -hmm. But what, what else about that dish is good for me that I can't eat? That would be the sauce. So how can I, how can I spend 110% on the sauce? Because I know there's something going to be lacking in, the, in, in substituting the pasta. So I'll make my own sauce instead of using a can. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so I try to go 100% on these things that I can control that are actually acceptable. I made pizza with like an almond flour crust or like a cauliflower crust. And I made, my, I made the sauce from scratch. Because it's like, I know some part of this pizza is not going to be as good. And it's going to be the crust. But I can make everything else better than a pizza I'd get at a store, right? Yep. Or even a restaurant. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do that. It's worked out pretty well for me. Nice. I, I like that a lot because yeah, that it, it, if you can find a way to make the rest of it even better than you could have imagined, then that's going to take away less of the focus on that one thing. I, I love that. And you exactly. like the whole idea of not cheating is huge. And I have people ask me all the time, well, like, what do we do about cheat days or cheat meals or whatever? And in the idea of this is a lifestyle that you're trying to create, I'm not trying to help you lose 30 pounds for the next six weeks so that you can gain 30 pounds in the next four weeks. It is the idea that you are learning things that once you have lost that weight will help you continue to live a life of optimal health and well-being. And I think the huge part of that is not looking forward to the cheat. And you said it absolutely right. Like 
if I knew a cheat was coming up, I didn't care about anything else that was happening. All I was thinking about was that one pizza and those three cheeseburgers and four orders of fries. So yeah, it, it removing the cheat mindset, which I don't even know where that came from and who created it, but like, could we have a conversation yeah. please? Because removing the idea <laughs> of cheating it, it in no world is cheating a good thing except whenever people are trying to become healthier then they're like oh i can't wait for my cheat meal whereas they would never say that in their marriage or in their job or in their walk with god like no one's looking for a cheat anywhere else except in food yeah oh man i know i never thought about that i think the, the main thing that i wanted to bring out was when i was talking about how sleep is so important to me and even taking care of myself for my mental health is so important to me, but sometimes God doesn't remove these obstacles that are there. And you think, well, well, God, like I need to do this in order to be this. That's how I've felt about sleep is you need to remove RLS so that I can sleep so that I'm more mentally healthy. And it's like, he's not. And that's not because he's, you know, a bad God. He's a good God. And so while I love the self-development, make yourself better, push, 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 try harder. It's like, sometimes God puts a thorn in your side. And yeah. uh, that's where the, that's where the real lesson is. Yeah. I, that's so good. Cause I think so often, especially those of who are listening, who are Christians, so often as Christians, we think there's this negative thing in my life. God, please remove that. Instead of asking God, what can I learn from this? Or God, how can I take this thing and become a better version of the person that you created? And I mean, for me, that would be God, please remove all donuts forever and always, but donuts aren't going anywhere. And I have to learn to live in a world where there are donuts. And I have to learn that more often than not, when I choose a donut, it has nothing to do with the donut. It has to do with something in my own life, something that was said to me or a way that I felt that made me think a donut is going to fix this instead of approaching mm -hmm. the situation. And so mm -hmm. I love that idea of looking at whatever is the quote unquote thorn in your side. And instead of just being like, God, take it away, take it away, take it away. Asking yourself, God, what can I learn from this? Or how can you develop my character by going through this? How can I become a better person? How can Brian become a better person because donuts exist? <laughs> it's so true, dude. It's so true. It's yeah. so annoyingly true. Yeah, it's wild. Well, dude, thank you so much for sharing all of this. It has been, I mean, it's been incredible to see your face again, <laughs> but it's been just really, really great to connect with you, to chat with you through these things and also just to share this with everybody who's listening. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. I'd love it. All right. Later, dude. See you, dude. Bye. Okay. Wow. That was so much incredible stuff. I absolutely loved having this conversation with Carol. I, I love Carol so much. I love every conversation we have, but this one was so incredible and I believe is going to speak to so many different people. So if you were one of those people, please reach out let me know. I would love to hear what you loved about this conversation. And if there's someone in your life who you believe could benefit from part one, part two, part three, or maybe all of them, a combination of the three, please 
share that episode or those episodes with them, I would absolutely love for this to get to as many people as possible who need to hear this, who need to know what creativity can look like for them whenever it isn't creating excellence, what being diagnosed with mental health concerns can look like on a day-to-day basis and things that they can do to combat against that in their own life, to grow, to contend for their health. And then also talking about addictions and what that looks like and ways to overcome that, ways to work through that, ways to surround yourself with people to support you and encourage you and celebrate you. Please share these episodes with as many people as possible. I love you guys so much. Whether this was your first time listening or you've been around for a while, I'd love it if you would share this episode with at least one person you think may enjoy it. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Brian Brister for a more behind the scenes look at my life. You can also send me a DM or comment on my most recent Instagram post, whatever it is, if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear me speak on or if you have questions about something I said today. That's all for me. I'll be back next week. Until then, do good, be well. Oh, and drink some water.